Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm back again in your feed to talk about Loki season one. That's right. It's the next episode in my get ready with me for Loki season two little mini series. All right. This time I'm talking about episodes three and four of season one. Okay. A lot of good things happen. You know, a lot of boring shit happens too, but a lot of good things happen. I've condensed it down this whole, you can watch two episodes in 30 minutes fooling with me. I know that's right. Before I get into all of that, though, I tell y'all about a little announcement that I'm excited about. I hope y'all stick with me, ride with me, uh, love with me, okay? Because I'm excited about it, and I think you will be too once it all happens, okay? Now, look, before you get into all of that, drop down to the bottom of your screen or the top if we're on Spotify and leave me a five-star rating and review. You know, we love those. It's your new episode of Reality and Comics Till Let's do it! That's right, you're listening to Reality and Comics 2, the podcast that discusses all things scripted and unscripted TV and film. I'm Kendrick, but most of you know me as your mama's favorite black geek. You want some hot takes about the Real Housewives or Love Island, or maybe you want some hilarious insight on the Marvel Cinematic Universe or HBO's White Lotus or Euphoria. Well, you're in the right place. Grab a cocktail, sit back, and prepare to cuss and fuss right along with me. Hi, my lambs. How are y'all? I was just here, but I'm back again. God damn it. Okay. I'm putting this episode out. This is about episodes three and four, low-key season one. But then, you know, next week I'll put out, probably on Wednesday, just I'll keep the same format that I did this week. I'll put out the last two episodes and then I'll kind of like round it up in that episode and talk about everything that's happened since Loki to bring us back around to Thursday, which will be Loki season two premiere. And then I'll put out the episode the following day. (gasps) Okay, it's going to be a lot, but damn it, we go do it. But first, I kind of want to tease y'all about some exciting news that I have coming up. I'm very excited. I'm going to kind of... I won't get into full detail. I just want to kind of tell y'all, like, kind of, you know, prepare you a little bit for what's to come. Uh, Probably over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to kind of do a slight <laughs> rebrand. But it's not a real, like, 
you know, whole new format and all like that. No, I love the format like it is. I love doing multiple episodes a week, you know, with Monday being my, my main episode and then everything else kind of being like supplemental bonus episodes. Whenever Marvel's around, you can talk about Marvel or just the other stuff that we're watching. Love is Blind, uh, the HBO show, some on Netflix, you know, just any little thing I like to do up stuff about. So the same format, same me, great guest, all that stuff, but I'm going to change my name. Okay, hear me out. I kind of want my name in the title. Like, I feel like all the, like, I feel like to be like a fixture, like a main fixture, I want to kind of rebrand myself. I don't know. I want something kind of catchy and, you know, I just, I, I listen, we have the new name and I, I love it, okay? I had, like, I literally had, like, my uh, podcast partners. I had Emily thinking about, I, like, I had everybody, like, kind of, like, helping me think of a name and I settled on one and we all kind of love it. And I feel like, I don't know, I love it. I hope y'all like it too. I'll probably do new cover art, like that kind of stuff. It'll, it's all coming, but I just want to kind of give y'all a heads up about that. Uh, so like the reality comics too on Instagram that'll probably change at some point. The, uh, the, the name of this podcast will change, but it'll still pop up in your feed. You don't need to like subscribe to a new podcast, all that kind of stuff. No, same old podcast, all that kind of stuff It's just, I want a new name. I promise this will be the last time, okay? This is just like the fourth rebrand that I've done. <laughs> no, the second. Okay, the second. Second rebrand that I've done, but I I don't know. I love it. I'm excited, and, you know, I just, I just want to, and I hope y'all like it, okay? I'll give you more details as we've kind of, you know, met about it and all that kind of stuff, but... Whew. In the meantime, I guess let's talk about Loki. This won't be a, you know, a super long episode. I'm going over episodes three and four of season one. So we'll get into the things, okay? Y'all remember last time we left off where, child, what if we leave off? Oh, we left off where they went to find Sylvie, you know, they thought about the apocalypses and, oh my God, okay, she's hiding the apocalypse because they won't change anything anyway. Everybody's going to die, yada, yada, yada. So it didn't matter. They went and found her. She walked through the portal. Like, you know, she bombed the sacred timeline. She walked through the, uh, like one of her portals or doors, or whatever. And then Loki went with her. So Loki's kind of picked a side and he stayed there for now. So that brings us up to episode three. Episode three kicks off with Sylvie and Hunter C20. Okay. So remember the one who was in the last episode that told Sylvie where the timekeepers were. Y'all know who I'm talking about. They're in like a luau style restaurant, like in regular clothes, like that we would be wearing right now, having some awful ass frozen drinks with some little ass umbrellas, okay? C20 gets a brain freeze, and Sylvie kind of uses this as an, an opportunity to kind of get some more information from her. She explains what a brain freeze is, and how it like locks memories in place, and how they should test that theory. C20 makes herself, like, get a brain freeze. She drinks a lot of that, uh, I'm going to call it a swamp thingy because I went to Papa those recently. You know I love me a swamp thingy. I have to have at least two swamp thingies every time I go to Papa Doe. Now, if y'all go to Papa Doe's, if y'all are Papa Doe people, y'all know about the swamp thingy. I need me a swamp thingy, okay? That's beside the point. She took a big old gulp of swamp thingy. She got a brain freeze, and then Sylvie asked her, how many people are guarding the timekeepers? Very important. C20 is very confused. And suddenly, when we look back, the restaurant has changed. It's like a type of a nightclub. Not the luau style place they're ready for. It's like a nightclub now. 
Sylvie then asks her again, and C20 starts to like get confused. She doesn't know what's going on, but Sylvie puts her mind at ease, and after a little bit of time, C20 gives her all the information that she wants to know, including where the timekeepers are. We cut to Sylvie going to the TVA. Now, remember, the last episode I told y'all ended with her going through a portal and she left open for Loki to follow her. What she didn't know is that magic doesn't work in the TVA, okay? So she tries to uh, enchant a Minute Man in the TVA, but she can't. So she got to start opening up a can of whoop ass the old-fashioned way, which she does to a host of other Minute Men and Hunters and all them people, okay? After all of the ass whoopery, Loki finally comes through the portal. He creates his little daggers or whatever, gets his little daggers from his locker, and he goes to find Sylvie, who has now made her way to those golden doors that C-20 told her about, the doors that signify that like she's found where the timekeepers are. Loki and Sylvie end up fighting, but they're interrupted by our girl, Judge Ravonna Renslayer, and she charges them like with the little pruner, but Loki and Sylvie actually have gone through another portal and they wind up on a moon called Lamentus One. It's the moon that's about to be destroyed because the planet is like at a fast rate of speed flying towards it. They're about to like crash, collision or whatever. And it's the year 2077. Sylvie and Loki are panicking and they're scrambling, scared, shook. They panicking. They're trying to get to safety and they find a huge shelter or I say container for the lack of a better word. Sylvie tries to enchant Loki, but according to him, his mind is just way too strong, so it doesn't work on him. By the way, Tempad, T-E-M-P-A-D. Tempad was the word that I could not think of last episode. It's that the name of the little device that opens up the portals and, you know, all that stuff. All of the, the people in the TVA have a Tempad. That's the thing I couldn't remember, so there we go. Um, the Tempad is dead and they need to charge it. So they need to find some power source on Lamentus One so they can like temporarily, they say, okay, look, we go, we go temporarily call the troops. Okay. We, we ain't gonna be buddy, buddy. We not gonna be the same person, but somehow lovers. We just go, uh, be cool and we go find this power source. So on their walk to find said power source, this is when we learned that the Loki variant goes by the alias of Sylvie. Now, I told y'all last night, Sylvie is the name of the Enchantress in the comics, and I gave y'all a little breakdown about that last time, so if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to the, episode, the Get Ready With Me Loki Season 2 episode where I covered episodes 1 and 2 of Season 1, okay? Whoa, that's a mouthful. We find out that the Tempad requires like a massive power source to recharge it, which makes sense because it goes all over the goddamn timeline. So I'm sure you need a lot to charge that thing. So the neon lights and all the other fixtures that they passing by won't work. So they have to like continue to search. They go up to someone's house and Sylvie is blasted across the damn field. Loki turns himself into that woman's husband. He sees a picture of her and him through like a picture in the, the glass or whatever. And he turns into him, but she don't fall for that shit. That man ain't as nice as Loki trying to be. That man was a, a, a jackass like Ralph Pittman. She didn't care a damn about none of that. So she blasted his ass across the field too. All of this to find out that everyone on the planet is on the Ark, or at least trying to get on the Ark. And that's like the evacuation vessel which they know is going to have enough juice to actually recharge the Tempad. Now, look, of course, this 
evacuation vessel. It's a thing because this moon is about to blow up. The problem is it always blows up like it's an apocalypse. Nothing ever changes. So obviously that's a little foreshadowing to what our heroes or anti-heroes or gods of mischief or devils are going through. Loki devises a plan to get on the Ark, so he turns into one of the guards, like he put their little, you know, a little piece of clothes on, you know, a little velvet top, you know, a hat, you know, a little piece of badge, you know, he got the corduroy pants on, you know, he put on their little uniform, and he takes Sylvie as a prisoner. Doesn't really work out the way they wanted to, but Sylvie's able to get close enough to enchant one of the guys, and they wind up, like, on the train or the Ark or whatever you want to call it. We get a ton of dialogue about Loki's past, Sylvie's past, a whole lot of character building stuff. It's really showing us how different, like, the person can be, in this case, a Loki, across the multiverse. So, like, our Loki, he's taught magic by his mother. He didn't know, uh, he, you know, he was adopted, all that kind of stuff. Sylvie knew that she was adopted. She has these enchantress powers that she taught herself and, of course, most obvious, she's a woman. <laughs> Loki is a man. Well, I don't know. They both say they gender fluid, so maybe that the, the fluidity is flowing through them. I know that's right. Eventually, they start. You know what? Before I go on, we've seen this is evident in a lot of stuff now. So we saw in uh, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, that's probably the easy example. We saw what uh, a lot of Doctor Strange's look like. Most of them selfish pricks. Our Doctor Strange, selfish prick, but he was the one that, you know, like Charles Xavier knew was going to be a better person. He was the one that he trusted to actually help uh, America Chavez get away and not be what Wanda needs to rule the multiverse, basically. Uh, we saw different variations of Wanda and how, you know, that one has her kids. She's sweet. You know, she just is happy now. She ain't had no husband now. She was just her and the boys, okay? Vision ass. I guess he take flight in every universe, so we can't really depend on him. But, you know, we've seen a different thing. Spider-Man, No Way Home. We saw three different Spider-Man. We had our uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, our OG Spider-Man. We had Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, Peter Parker. You know, our second one, the amazing Spider-Man that y'all, you know, back in the day used to read up and down, but now y'all love him. And now we got our Tom Holland Spider-Man, our main spider-man in the mcu so we've seen this same theory kind of play out in a lot of different forms now so that's basically what this scene was setting up for like these other movies showing that yeah these loki's may be different but it might have some similarities too and it might be different in ways that you really don't expect okay eventually they start talking about their love lives and sylvie doesn't have anyone waiting for her after all this is over but most importantly she asked Loki about his love life and how he was a prince and how there must have been princesses or perhaps other princes. As in, not princesses, but princes. P-R-I-N-C-E-S, okay? Loki said, a bit of both, and I suspect the same for you. I know that's right. Finally, we got confirmation that people have been around for thousands of years. They like to eat a little bit, and they like to suck a little something, too. I know that's right, okay? It makes sense. I'm just saying. That's that's very vulgar to say, but it makes sense. I mean, you're not around for all those years, thousands of years. You're not trying a little, you know, you know, it's like Baskin Robin. You're trying a little bit of everything. You're like, oh, you know what, bitch? I'm going to give me a little pistachio today. Oh, no, I'm going to give me a little uh, uh, cookies and cream. No, I think I'm going to move for butterscotch today. You know, you got a lot of different options. So, Loki 
all the Lokis be trying a couple different things. Now, was Loki getting his back cracked on Asgard? I don't know, but it's, you know, we can assume so. I, I think it's a reasonable solution. So Loki ends up being our, like, first major LGBTQIA plus character in the MCU, representing the B, which stands for both of them, I mean, bisexual, ew. They decide they're going to relax, and Sylvie takes a nap, but Loki starts the people on the train singing old Asgardian folk songs and dancing and whistling, all kind of shit. It sounds like that music uh, FKA Twigs be putting out, but that's beside the point. I don't listen to that shit, child. Anyway, they get caught up flirting and all that again, and then the officers from before approach them asking about tickets. All types of ass whoopings ensue, but Loki and Sylvie end up ultimately getting thrown off of the train to freedom. During them, like getting thrown off the train, Loki winds up crushing the temp pad, and Sylvie is in fear, like she is mad. Okay, Loki been playing around this whole time. She pissed off. You didn't jeopardize the mission. You didn't ruin it. What the hell we gonna do now? She like Miss Juicy and Miss Minnie. What the hell we gonna do now? She tells him that this moon is always destroyed and the Ark never makes it off the planet. And Loki like, okay, well, it's never had us on there. So now they make their mission to get the train off of Lamentus 1 with themselves being on it, duh. While they're walking and gabbing and talking and chit-chattering and slurping and burping and all that, it's revealed that the Hunters and the Minuteman, basically anyone who's at the TVA, who works at the TVA, had a life previously. Remember, Loki was the one, like, he was told that uh, they were created by the timekeepers. Like, everyone there, like the judge, Ravana Renslayer, any other judges, uh, the people that are like the mo the roles of Morbius, not Morbius, chat, not Morbius, uh, Mobius. Look, that's going to be a whole problem, okay? Mobius and Mobius. The Hunters, the, the Minutemen, all of them, they were actually people who had entirely different lives, but were just like pluck, plucked off the timeline and brought there to work in the TVA. How tragic. They make it to where the Ark is about to take off, but in order to get to it, it's like a whole ordeal. We see that meteors are starting to hit the planet heavily, which it always does because Lament is one. We get through a whole montage of them going through the people and all through the city and having a fight and everything just getting to the Ark, Loki using his powers to hold up buildings, like all kind of stuff. We get through all of this just to watch the art get destroyed, okay? This may be it for our titular characters. Of course it's not. Y'all have seen this shit before, so let's just move on. We start episode four with a flashback of young Sylvie. She's on Asgard. She's playing with her Valkyrie toys. Love that. And Ravana Renslayer, who at the time wasn't a judge. She was a hunter. She comes and gets her. They arrest young Sylvie for crimes against the sacred timeline. Child. We see young Sylvie going through the exact same process that Loki went through in episode one when they, when Hunter B-15 first brought him to the TVA, except Sylvie actually manages to escape. See, this is one of Ravana's blemishes on her record, and I know she thinks about it every damn day because she's sitting up there thinking about the shit right now. We see Ravana thinking about this, and then she enters those golden doors, and she goes and chats with the timekeepers. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ravana comes back out of the doors and lets Mobius know that she's having to take the blame for Sylvie even getting that close to them, for Loki escaping the TVA, and everything else that's basically happened. Mobius really wants to talk to Hunter C-20, but Ravana says, absolutely not. You know why? Because she dead. She's not really dead, though, child. Ooh, not dead. Ravana says Sylvie scrambled her brain with that enchanting so much so that she died and that no one knows because they don't want people to panic. Now, look, I tried to lie to y'all just then. The lady is dead, okay? <laughs> I wanted to soften the blow, but damn it, y'all didn't seen this before, okay? She is dead, but not for those reasons, okay? Um, Ravana was talking about Sylvie. You know, she's talking about how she told us C20 up. And then we cut back to Lamentus 1. Sylvie and Loki are depressed, sitting down, talking, gabbing, doing all the things because they're about to die. But she starts telling them a story. Everything that I told you before about, you know, her escaping uh, Ravana, all that stuff she's telling her, except she doesn't like, she's talking about her having to constantly be on the run because it signals to the TVA every time she goes somewhere because she's not supposed to exist. So she said that she's had to like basically hide within a thousand apocalypses throughout her life just to survive. In the TVA, they're trying to figure out where they are. But remember, Mobius knows this apocalypse stuff like Loki does. Who? Because they've tested it out. That's a good little thing to remember. He's just, he's not ahead of Loki, but he's like now on the same page as him because they basically tested this theory out together. They end up finding them and essentially rescuing them. And before Mobius throws Loki into his little prison cell, which is like this bad memory prison is what they call it of Sif like constantly coming in cursing out Loki kicking him in the nuts and then leaving tell him he gonna be alone and then leaving once again she come in kick him in the nuts you gonna be alone and then she leaves okay he actually tells Mobius before he throws him in there that the TVA is lying to him Mobius don't give a good goddamn he don't believe nothing he's saying and he throws him in we see this repeated memory being acted out many, 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 many times until we cut away to Mobius asking Ravana for permission to interrogate Sylvie. But she says, ah, ah, focus on the Lokis and the lakes that you used to. Don't be going over there to my waterfalls, okay? But she's saying it because she thinks that Sylvie is dangerous, or at least that's what she's presenting to Mobius, and he don't know no damn different right now. He then goes to try and work over Hunter B-15, but she ain't falling for this shit either. She does ask, however, if Loki told her anything and Mobius says, yeah, that the TVA is lying to us. I think this triggered something because neither one of them knows what this means, but Hunter B-15 has a look. She got a look on her face. She just like looking. She looking. Now remember, episode two is when Hunter B-15 was enchanted by Sylvie, so she had all kind of memories and stuff flowing through her brain, so she was she was remembering some stuff from a previous lifetime, okay? That's just how it is. 
Loki is still getting kicked in his balls uh, 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 over and over again by Sylph until he finally apologizes correctly to her. But then she still tells him that he's always going to be alone. Mobius comes to get Loki and they have a real, I'm talking, look, a real sassy, real sassy back and forth the whole time about uh, being Sylvie's sidekick. No, I was the main bitch. I'm the HBIC around here, not Sylvie. Uh, being a team player, not being a team player, etc., etc., etc. Loki comes up with the lie to tell him that Sylvie came to him to Asgard years ago, years ago in Asgard, and they devised this plan and all that kind of stuff. But then, this is when Mobius tells Loki, lying, that Hunter B-15 pruned Sylvie and she's dead, and he's the only Loki remaining. Mobius then, in this moment, realizes that Loki truly loves him some Sylvie, and that he's a narcissist, obviously, because he fell in love with himself. Mobius reveals it, nah, bitch, gotcha, I'm just lying, she ain't dead, she actually is alive. So, what the point of all that was, I don't know, but it did help him open up a little bit, okay? So, I guess it worked. Loki keeps trying to stress why they shouldn't trust the timekeepers and finally blurts out, you're all variants, all of you, y'all variants. The timekeepers kidnap them and turn them into hunters and Minutemen and judges and investigators and all that kind of stuff. Mobius, of course, doesn't believe this and he had them thrown back into the memory repeating cell or whatever it's called. We cut to Hunter B-15, however, and she's deep in thought and she finally decides to go and see Sylvie. She opens a portal and tells Sylvie to follow her, which she does. Ravonna Renslayer and Mobius, they're celebrating the closing of this case, and Mobius keeps asking about why he couldn't interrogate C-15. And, uh, no, not, C not C-20. Uh, he keeps asking why he couldn't interrogate Sylvie. No, he was trying to see Hunter uh, C-20. Oh, Lord, these names. Okay, look. Sit, sit, sipping on some... Si <laughs> these damn names, okay. He was trying to see why he couldn't interrogate Sylvie, quote-unquote, the dangerous Loki. And, uh, listen, she ain't with that shit. She sticks to her guns. He then asks about C-20 over again, and Ravana starts to get annoyed by him, but she decides to placate him and tell him shit like, oh, well, you know, I just couldn't bear you to get hurt, too, and, you know, they knocking us down like uh, dominoes and all this kind of stuff. They doing all that and I guess Mobius wants to hear it. I don't know. When Ravana gets distracted, he actually swaps out their temp pads. Cut back to Rock's card, which was the scene from episode two where we finally get to meet Sylvie. B-15 is asking, you know, it's, it's storming there, remember, because this was the, um, what's it called? This was like the, the apocalypse or the, the big typhoon, tsunami, hurricane that uh, was going to kill all these people. He, she takes her there. And she's like, okay, I need to know about those images you put in my head. And Sylvia's like, no, I just showed you your life before the TVA. She really thinks that she was created by the timekeepers, but you weren't, sis. You weren't! You weren't created by them! And that's okay. <laughs> and my Beyonce, but that's okay. Sylvie drops the bomb that they're all variants. And B-15 says, show me. When she does, B-15 gets emotional. She says... I look so happy. <laughs> she must have had a, a silk press and had a bra after a long day because that's what true happiness looks like, okay? When Mobius floors through Ravana's tempad, he sees the interview with C-20 and sees that the real reason that they kill her is that she knows that there are all variants and she knows way too much behind-the-scenes stuff of the TVA. 
Ravana knows everything and has been lying to Mobius all of these years, okay? She was even on the videotape. Mobius goes to get Loki out of that nut-kicking prison and needs Loki to reassure him that Sylvie didn't just implant those memories in the C-20. And once it's confirmed, they go out of the portal and immediately are met by Ravana. She's got a whole lot of men and men with her and maybe they're ready to attack. He gives her back her temp page. He's like, oh yeah, I noticed when I was down the hallway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mobius then goes on a rant about him wanting to go back to wherever he was before the TVA stole him. And Ravana said, prune him. Child, they prune Morbius. They, not, I'm, okay. Morbius and Mobius, y'all, y'all just got to know who I'm talking about. Y'all know the damn vampire Mobius, Jerry Leto. He ain't, he ain't in this, okay? So if I mess up and say Morbius instead of Mobius, y'all know the hell I'm talking about. They pruned Mobius. They cloned Tyrone, but they pruned Morbius, okay? They cloned Tyrone, but they pruned Morbius, okay? They take Loki to the elevator to escort him up to the timekeepers. Then that's when they get Sylvie, and they all in the elevator, you know, they in there together, but they notice that she's wet, and that's when Ramon, uh, Ravana puts out an alert for Hunter B-15, who was the last one that was in there talking to Sylvie. Obviously, the wet hair kind of dictates that, okay, they went somewhere, where the hell they go, and obviously they went to that apocalypse. In the elevator, Sylvie takes the opportunity to ask Ravana what her Nexus event was when she was a child. Chat Ravana kind of ate. I ain't gonna lie. Ravana kind of ate the girls up because she said, I don't even remember. Child, you fucked up this lady whole life. You can't even remember right. I know that's right. Now, now that is a gag, okay? The doors open up and the timekeepers are here. Hunter B-15 shows up after they doing all this uh, ridiculous ass talking. And she frees Loki and Sylvie, and a battle ensues with everybody, including Judge Ravana Renslayer, okay? Sylvie ends up cutting the heads off of one of the timekeepers, and it's revealed that they're all androids. So this ain't even, the, the, the timekeepers ain't even a real damn thing, okay? Not even living beings. Now we now we gotta wonder, okay, who, uh, who created the TVA? But we can't wonder that for long, because Loki and, uh, he over there, like, you know, pleading his heart out, putting his heart on the line, you know, telling him he wants to tell Sylvia all the things. But boom, Ravana is right behind him with their pruner, and she sends his ass to the void, okay? Now, we're supposed to think that our hero is dead, 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 but remember, episode four is our first episode with a post credit scene. So if you are rewatching with me, don't forget to rewatch the post credit scene. This is when Loki winds up in the void. And there are many other Lokis there. But in this scene, there are four surrounding him when he wakes up. Now, we'll get into those four people next time, okay? Woo! You know what? I will say, <clears throat> y'all know I was kind of hard on Loki at first go-round. This is maybe my third or fourth time rewatching. I told y'all that last time. I am enjoying it more. I am. Maybe it's because, I don't know. I, I, I'm enjoying it more. I'm really excited for season two now. You... It used to be low on my list, child, okay? But I'm enjoying it more. It's got good replay value. I think week to week, I struggled with it because, like, episode three, when they on that damn train, that did not need to be a whole thing. Like, stop it. That that whole episode, I was like, okay, we, need, we can combine three and four into one episode. Like, nobody needs this. But I'm okay with it now. Some shows are better as benches. And I think for me, Loki was one of those shows. And see if I just, you know, I got the binge after the fact. But I can't wait to watch uh, the new season week to week. So, 
With that being said, I'll talk to y'all next week. Of course, I'll put out my Monday episode talking about all things reality TV, but then I'll be back with episodes five and six of season one of Loki, probably on next Wednesday. And then we'll all watch Loki season two, episode one together, okay? I wish I could do a big event for that, but child, I ain't gonna promise y'all because y'all know my ass, I'll fall asleep in a minute, so I ain't gonna make y'all no silly ass promises. Bye! Oh, wow. You sat through that entire episode? Well, aren't you special? You deserve a treat. Why don't you head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave me a five-star rating and review for free. Need to contact me? Email me at realitycomics2 at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and up-to-date information about the podcast at realitycomics2. That's T-O-O. Reality and Comics 2 is a Cloud 10 and iHeartMedia podcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.